You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we're letting it breathe just for a memento while we get our Facebook crew in the stream with us here tonight. It's going to be a gas while I adjust this microphone arm thing. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. It's powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me is my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kalberman. Zach Last night, as we are want to do, it is a Huddle Up podcast tradition, we went live after the game for the gut reaction. We didn't the previous game, but we decided, hey, you know what? Let's do it tonight. Let's, let's get after it. And so we kind of were riding high on what we saw in the moment. Hormones were flowing. But now we've had a full day to process what we saw. This is the aftermath. How are you feeling one day removed from Broncos 30, Seahawks 3? Uh, for first of all, I, guys, I don't have my microphone tonight. It's not working, so I might come off a little. You know, I might sound a little different. Bear with me for this podcast. I promise I'll have it fixed before tomorrow. I'm feeling the same though, Chad. By the way, can you hear me? I mean, de- decently okay. I feel like I'm talking into the void right now. I feel mostly the same. I mean, I feel like my gut is telling me momentum is swinging toward Teddy Bridgewater. My brain is telling me that Fangio will delay this competition for one more week. My gut is telling me he is going to call it in the next couple days, probably for Teddy B. I do not like some of the things I saw yesterday. I like some of the things I saw yesterday. Overall, though, for anyone who watched last night, I am feeling still quite literally 100% the same. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I think people who are using absolutes about game two to describe the quarterback play, uh, they run the risk of painting themselves into rational corners. And sometimes when when a cat does that, whether it's a fan or a media person or an analyst, whatever, you run the risk of not being able to move off that position. And then, you know, you end up looking a fool. More than one thing can be true at the same time. Let's let's talk about what things were true. You know, what was true about game two? First of all, Teddy played well. You know, there was a couple of bones you could pick about his two drives. But for the most part, Teddy played really well. The offense, the first teamers that were out there, minus Gordon and minus Sutton, uh, they were balling, man. They looked sharp. They looked potent. They looked formidable. Teddy kept him on, on uh, schedule for the most part. There was that one snafu on third down where he tried to throw a ill-advised back shoulder to KJ that was way off target. And then, you know, Fangio helped him out a little bit by going for on fourth down. And that fourth down play, Zach, was, in my opinion, the best Teddy Bridgewater play I've seen from him in a Broncos uniform. Now, granted, it's only two preseason games and limited number of snaps, but that was a baller play, you know, climbing the pocket, climbing the pocket, climbing the pocket, boom, buying time to hit Jerry Judy who catches and runs with it. His throw to the tight end, uh, uh, Saubert. Saubert. Yeah, thank you. I keep forgetting that cat's name. Was another baller play. That was probably his second best play I've seen in a Broncos uniform. And so that's those are good things. I liked how, you know, he was – you could see a few shots from the television broadcast of him calling out the plays in the huddle. And 
He looked like you expect steady Teddy to look competent, confident. It was good to see. Now, the other thing that's true, Drew Locke did not crap the bed. Drew Locke also completed nine balls, just like Teddy. But because of the way his supporting cast played around him, specifically I'm pointing to the offensive line, and because of the way his offensive coordinator schemed, it took five possessions for Drew to get to the same number of completions as Teddy. Teddy went nine of 11. Drew went nine of 14. So Drew had a couple of baller plays too, Zach. He had that great throw to Deontay Spencer, similar to that fourth down play from Teddy where he drops back, steps up in the pocket, hangs tight, doesn't panic as the pocket begins to collapse around him, delivers just a perfect strike. And of course, Spencer got popped on that play, but he held on to it. You know, the the uh, improvisational, I always stumble on that one, uh, toss to Seth Williams. There was a lot to like about Drew's game too. And so, Zach, considering the fact that I think Drew came into game two with momentum, and I would say objectively ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think the coaches can call this yet. I really don't. I think they have to take this, unfortunately, to the third game. Oh, that all depends on how Vic Fangio feels because George Payton left him full autonomy, we think, to make the decision. And uh, if Fangio, there's a conspiracy theory out there, Chad, that Fangio all along has leaned toward Teddy Bridgewater, the safer choice, the steadier choice, the more efficient choice, the quarterback who's going to let Vic Fangio's defense close out and win games and make him look like the hero. That is not Drew Locke. So if that's the case and there is bias, which we don't know about, only Vic Fangio knows that, then I think he could call it this week. Um, He saw what he had to see yesterday. And maybe if you subscribe to that theory, maybe he didn't call it in week one because Drew Locke looked so good. It threw a wrench into his plan perhaps maybe this was the okay they had one game now there's another game Teddy was I think you know it wasn't necessarily close you can say they both completed nine passes I just think there was a I'm a lock guy I just think the first string offense was flowing much smoother Teddy Bridgewater looked you know more poised in the pocket obviously he moved the ball better than Drew so I think if Fangio was ever leaning toward Teddy and he needed one little effort to nudge him along and and enforce his elbow, I think last night could have done it. Again, though, my brain and my gut are telling me two separate things. I can see him dragging it out. I wouldn't like it. I would want the starter to be named ASAP. If Fangio is leaning Teddy, name him already. Stop the charade. Stop dragging this along. Let the first stringers get on board with the first, first stringers. Let the players in the locker room know who their leader under center is going to be and get ready for week one but if it's still up in the air if it's still even Steven if Locke is still has a genuine fair chance in this then yeah one more week but by next the game's next Saturday by next Sunday I want a decision from Fangio publicly enough guys there's a lot we still have to get to and we're not just talking quarterbacks tonight all right we're going to talk about just about everything we saw in game two one thing to riff off what you just said real quick, Zach, then we'll get to matters of business is that let's say Drew was in the lead. All right. As all the buzz and the momentum, it felt that way, especially uh, day 17 of training camp, everything I was hearing, whether it was from Luke Patterson uh, or other colleagues in the know and people there, right. It was Drew has this thing sewn up. Wouldn't be surprised if they've, you know, put a banana in the tailpipe and actually let Drew start game two because it's done. Well, of course, that's not how it turned out. But let's just assume for a second that he, part of it was true, that he was in the lead and that the coaches viewed him as the as the guy with the with the upward momentum. Well, 
you can't now after Teddy played as well as he did, Zach, you can't give it to Drew yet. Right. And you can't, in all fairness, give it to Teddy. So I think you really do with, unless you want to run the risk of truly creating controversy, because Zach, there's a difference between what we've gone through up to this point, which is open competition, right? Uh, Trevor versus Paxton, Drew versus Teddy. That's one thing. And you could call it controversy. I don't really see it that way. There's a difference between that and true quarterback controversy. When something happens that actually upsets people, whether it's fans, media, whether it's players. And I think if Fangio were to make a call coming out of that game with all the information that we have that's on the table, now you risk actually creating that controversy and a potential distraction that you don't need. Yeah, but here's what scares me, though. The decision is in the hands of a coach who admittedly does not watch the offense practice. He even said it after uh, the game yesterday. He wants to see how they how they looked with a remote in his hand. He And I understand he wants to break down the film, but he leans too heavily on that. So we're leaving the decision in Vic Fangio's hands, not exactly an offensive mastermind, but let me tell you, just to piggyback off your point, he shouldn't care what the fans think. He shouldn't care what the media thinks. He should pick the quarterback that he has 100% conviction will be the best Broncos quarterback for the 2021 outfit. The best Broncos quarterback that's going to enable this team to win as many games as possible. Whether that's Locke, whether that's Teddy Bridgewater, that should be the sole criteria, the best man for the job. Unfortunately, you don't know considering Fangio's I would say willful ignorance about the offensive side of the ball, whether he's going to make the right call and under what criteria he's going to make that call. Guys, real quick, shout out to Tanner jumping in. Thank you for the super chat because after all, you are a superstar. So appreciate your bro. He says, just showing some support. Broncos for life, state of being. Appreciate that, my friend. And Tom, hang tight. We're going to get to you in just a moment. Okay, just hang tight for a second here. Uh, Zach, before we get further into our discussion tonight and start really checking on what's every what's on everybody's mind in the chat, uh, the superstars, the stars, the supporters on Facebook, we just got to update first and foremost where we stand with our goals really quick on Facebook. First off, we're moving the needle on the subscriptions. We appreciate all of you who have signed up to become supporters uh, the last couple of weeks on Facebook. You're getting access to Kelberman's Corner today, which was a great conversation between Zach and Kim, the good, the bad, the ugly from game two. You're getting Broncos Book Club with yours truly every Saturday. You're getting the Trickle Zone with Eric every Saturday. So appreciate you guys. If you'd like to become a supporter, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see the big blue button at the top. Click that. It's five bucks a month. You get access to that content that no one else does. But Zach... We are now 55% to our goal of 500,000 stars on Facebook. When we reach that goal, we are going to raffle off a Von Miller jersey, and along with it is going to go a little special uh, keepsake memento that is very MHH-oriented, all right? And the people who are in the running for that raffle are only those who have supported and contributed to us hitting that goal, all right? So, the way we know who contributed, well, fortunately, Facebook keeps that information for us. All right, here's the leaderboard. Now, basically look at it like this. The more t- the more stars someone has put toward the goal, the more tickets they have in the hat, the better their odds of being randomly selected when we go to draw that ticket. At the top, Zeus McPeak. Pretty fair, uh, pretty lengthy lead does Zeus have at number one. And after all, he is Zeus, so we understand this. Travis Weber, number two. 
Michael Ronquillo, number three. Howie Frickin' Day, number four. Andrew Lampy, number five. Travis Tarbox, six. Sean Miller, seven. Randy Jones, eight. Gary Leeds Palmer, nine. Andrew Baker, 10. Claude Riley, just out the top 10. Butch, Peter, Zebulon, Brian. Guys, you're just outside, but you can crack back in. So that is an update on where things stand on the Stars. So we appreciate you guys. A couple other quick things real quick. And, of course, we will update the Stars for this podcast as we go through it. Make sure you're connected with us on social media, gang. This podcast and this channel, especially on YouTube and Facebook, continues to just grow exponentially. Connect with us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and also at Mile High Huddle for those of you who are newer listeners. Also, check out the merch store, HuddleUpPod.com, and get your swag on. Get a T-shirt, get a hat, get a Let Them Hate T-shirt like you see Zach rocking or the dad hat. There's a little something-something for everybody. There's a little something-something to represent every podcast here at MHH. It's another great way to support what we're doing here. And also kindly consider liking uh, and following the Huddle Up Podcast Facebook page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Some big plans for that page, Zach. We've crossed 3,000 all right, followers there, but we still got to hold out for our plans for that page till we get it a little bit bigger. We got to get it to scale. There's some reasons behind that, but it would bore you to, to for us to try and explain that right now. So for now, just help us get there by going and liking and following Huddle Up Pod on Facebook. And if you're not in a position to do those things, gang, hey, it's all good. We're seriously just stoked that you are with us, whether it's live or after the fact as an on-demand pod on Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify. Just make sure you are subscribed wherever you enjoy the show. Kindly, especially if you're on YouTube or Facebook, like this video, guys. You have no idea how much that helps us. And hey, three, if we're doing a good job for you, or at the very least, you respect the effort, share this episode on your social media, help us continue to grow, reach those new like and, uh, like-minded Broncos fans that are just like you, only, hey man, they're wandering the desert, going about their business, completely ignorant to this community that's waiting to embrace them. All right, Zach, here's Tom El Greco up north of the 49th parallel in Canada. What's good, Tom? Uh, here's a lock conspiracy theory from Tom. He says, Pat Shermer, what a sellout with vanilla play calling. Do you guys think if Drew was the starter week one, they would they would have pulled after those two sacks where he was hung out to dry. So in other words, if he was the starter and he gets sacked twice in a row, is he getting pulled? No. But what's your, what's your reply, Zach, to the notion that Drew was set up to fail? Um, I have the same feelings about that as I had last night. I don't think it's anything the Broncos are doing intentionally. I don't think they, you know, they're necessarily testing him or, you know, stacking the deck against him. I don't think it's conscious, but I do think it's subconscious. And I think that extends from Vic Fangio. I mean, he's the shot caller right now. Pat Shermer takes his marching orders from Vic Fangio. And again, Vic Fangio is a guy, purely defense, really doesn't care much about offense. He's admittedly not tuning into them, watching them with his own eyes. Uh, So I don't really know um, how you can say they're setting him up to fail. I think the only thing you can look at in terms of that was scripted in advance was the play calling. And it's indisputable because they had no play action, no bootleg, no moving pockets, nothing creative. So I said this last night, if you want to harp on last night was the 2020 version of Drew Locke, well, yesterday was the 2020 version of Pat Shermer as well. Everything that we saw at the Minnesota game last week, all of the goodwill and the juju he built up evaporated. He went right back into being just... Um, one-dimensional, no creativity, three- and five-yard checkdowns. Chad, it's really telling to me when your leading receiver is Royce Freeman. 
What does that say when you have all these receivers and all these weapons and you're constantly, no matter the quarterback, checking it down? So I don't think Pat Shermer uh, purposely put Locke in any situation that he would fail, but he also didn't do anything consciously that would help him succeed. It was bizarre. I mean, I'm not going to lie. When it was still fresh on the mind last night, we were questioning that. It was weird. And was it by design in terms of like purposefully trying to torpedo, pardon me, Drew Locke's momentum? I don't think so. But I do think it was by design in that those looks that they wanted to see from Drew, they wanted to see from Drew. Period. End of story. They called those plays for a reason. And, hey, we can sit here with our tinfoil hats on and try and divine what those reasons are, but they were called for a reason. <clears throat> Sam Bam, what's good, buddy? It's good to see you. Thank you for the star, uh, the super chat. He says, hey, what's up, Chad and Zach? I'm still angry about the game from last night. I thought Locke got shafted and Teddy Bridgewater's stats were BS due to him getting three wow. fourth down tries. Locke is undoubtedly the better quarterback. Hashtag let him hate. I feel your pain there. And even after the game, Zach Fangio was asked, I think it was Cliss, Mike Cliss of Nine News asked him, hey, uh, you, you know, Teddy kind of got helped there by a few fourth round or fourth down uh, calls for you to go for it. Are those decisions you would have made in a regular season game? Fangio said one of them, I think, yes, was very plausible, something I would have done in a, in a regular season game. Two of them may be debatable. He said, but. The, the offense offense has given me confidence, Zach. So when I'm confident, you know, I'm going to be more inclined to allow my offense to do those, take those risks. Sam, I understand how you feel. And, you know, I was thinking this earlier to myself for a Broncos blowout win, even for preseason, it really did feel like a loss in a lot of ways, at least for the sect of Broncos country uh, that wants Drew Locke. But Sam, here's the problem that you fall into. Don't discredit Teddy Bridgewater just because you want Locke to win the job. Teddy, it was not BS. He made great throws yesterday. That ball he had, that that ball to Sauber, that accuracy, that window he fit that in was amazing. I give him a lot of credit, and he had to earn that credit from me. I was not the biggest Teddy fan. He was poised last night. He was the better quarterback. So regardless, I'll say this again, whether you're a Locke guy, whether you're a Teddy guy, just be happy the Broncos have both of them because one way or the other, they're going to be fielding a competent quarterback and a competent team. All right, let me see here. We got A. Rosé in the house. The stream jumped you, so I'm grabbing it from the back end since YouTube got its business together. Thank you, bro. Good to see you. He says, what's up from Massachusetts, fellas? I still remember my state abbreviations, so that's good. That's good. Uh, I hope everyone's doing well. I'm so excited to make some noise this year. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. That's something, Zach, I said last night is, hey, you know, even if Drew ends up losing this open competition and Teddy gets named the starter, there might be a slight bitter taste in some people's mouths over that. But at the same time, you should take confidence in that Teddy Bridgewater, the version we've seen of him, those few drives, what is it, four or five total, he looked like he can keep this thing moving. You're not going to have Star Wars, but there's enough Zach talent around him that you can't completely rule out Star Wars as a potential thing. Don't don't expect it, but you can't rule it out either. Just because Sutton, freaking Jerry Judy's going to break out this year. Watch Noah Fant, KJ Hamler. I mean, just that list of dudes right there. Then you throw in Melvin Gordon. You throw in Pookie Williams. I mean, come on now. 
I, I see a comment uh, from D Brown that says I'm discrediting Teddy. I'm about to make a point that credits Teddy. I, I've been crediting him the entire podcast, D. So you're obviously a troll. Thanks for watching, though, as always. The good thing, though, if Teddy does get the starting job, Chad, who is the receiver with which he has the best rapport? That would be Jerry Judy. Who is the receiver that's going to open the season more than likely as the Broncos wide receiver one? That is Jerry Judy. So there's a lot to like about a Teddy Bridgewater uh, pioneered offense for the Broncos. It won't be the most exciting. It won't be the 2000 Rams, the 2007 Patriots, but it will be competent, hopefully mistake-free, efficient, and help the Broncos win football games if Teddy is the guy. Boise man, what's good, buddy? Good to see you as well. He says, what's up, fellas? Even a wild card season with Teddy doesn't save Vic and Pat's jobs. Peyton is too smart, George Peyton, to waste one-third of his contract on coaches that can't and won't develop a young quarterback. And then it cuts off, unfortunately. But what he says is a new QB equals new coaches. Um, You know, I disagree on that front, bro. They kept Vic for a reason. If he gets to the playoffs as a wild card, he's sticking around. I mean – you still have the issue of the quarterback. They'll probably end up drafting one if it's that scenario where it's Teddy that gets him there. They'll end up going back to the well and probably drafting one round one. But, Zach, I would be stunned if this team made the playoffs after five long years and they fired the head coach. You know what I mean? If the Broncos make the playoffs by hook or by crook, no matter the quarterback, I think Fangio sticks around. And if Fangio sticks around, Pat Shermer sticks around, and Tom McMahon by extension. The incumbency would remain for another year. Here's what would happen, though. Let's say they win. Uh, they go 9-8, and 10-7. and seven, They sneak into the wild card. They would re-sign Teddy for one more year. And then, like you said, Chad, get rid of Drew Locke. He's obviously not the guy. And then either um, trade for someone on the open market or more than likely draft a guy with their first-round pick. So I, I disagree with that, boys and man. I have a lot of love for you. But if they do make the playoffs, Fangio is returning. And you can even make the case, Chad, if Teddy is the guy and he wins nine games, they don't make the playoffs, they might bring back Vic anyway. Gears gains games. What's good? It's great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. He says, I hope everyone plays next week because we need the reps. Well, Fangio told us last night that Vaughn's going to play next week. Sutton's going to play next week. Melvin is going to play next week. And regardless of whether they name a QB starter before that game, both Drew and Teddy will get reps as well. Trust on that. Uh, Real quick, Zach, let's just update where tonight's leaderboard stands for this stream in particular on stars. We got Randy flexing hard, man. Thank you, Randy Travis flexing hard. Howie freaking day as well. Andrew Baker, Ed Keating. What's good. Uh, Jared, or is it Garrett? I'm going to say Jared Fannin. That's a newer name, but Jared or Garrett, sorry, let me, you'll have to let us know how to pronounce your name. Really appreciate all of you. And we'll keep an eye out. Zach, help me keep an eye out for any of their comments or questions because the one downside to stars on the platform we use to stream, which is called StreamYard, is on in the room we're in, it shows us in big bright colors the comments that are super chats, but we have to look and search for the ones that are stars. It doesn't pop out the same way. Hey, Chad, I'm being fair tonight because I'm actually agreeing with Ace Max narrative. It's funny how that works, Ace, when I'm talking the points that you want to hear, how I'm suddenly being fair. Appreciate you. Indeed. Isn't it, isn't it weird? Jonathan Figueroa, another longtime superstar and supporter of MHH. Great to see you, buddy. He said, just start Drew, and if it doesn't work, move to Teddy. Vic is also handling this competition terribly. He only spoke positively about Teddy in post game. 
Didn't even mention Locke once. Hashtag let him hate. And that could be, Jonathan, a uh, you know Freudian revelation of where his bias lies, right, with Teddy. A lot of times rumors, where there's smoke, there's fire. And it could be that Teddy, or pardon me, Vic has been looking for a reason not to go with Teddy, right? Like he's planning on going with Teddy and Drew would have to really sway him in order to move that needle. But at the same time, as I said last night, I think you are cutting off your nose to spite your face. If you do not, it'd be one thing if Drew came into this competition, Zach, and from day one, just you could tell Teddy was far and away above him. Then you do what you got to do. But this has not only been so neck and neck. I mean, for a very, for a good period there, Drew definitely had the upper hand. You are forsaking your long-term viability as a team and that potential that you have right now if you go with Teddy first, even if you feel like he won it fair and square, because here's the truth. You can always turn to Teddy. Teddy is a journeyman. He's been with five different teams since 2014. Most of those years he spent as a quarterback on the bench holding a clipboard. It's no big thing. It's not a chicken wing for Teddy Bridgewater, Zach, to come in off the bench. But if you make that fateful decision and Drew's the one that has to come off the bench and you tell him, hey, man, you're done as the starter, you just don't know. There's no way to know how that affects a, a, a young quarterback between the years. Yeah, I made that point last night. Exactly. It, it, you can do it with Teddy because he's used to that, and I feel like he landed in Denver uh, under the assumption he more than likely would be the backup, and he was okay with that. The same I don't think can be done with Drew. I think that would destroy whatever confidence he's built up, whatever momentum he's built up uh, through this offseason. I think that would just shatter him and say what you want about that. The problem is, though, Chad, if you want the the guy with the highest ceiling, that's Locke. But if the players want, you know, if the players gravitate toward Teddy, how could you start Locke? And if you make the wrong move, you have to worry about how the players are going to react to that. You don't want a division. You don't want any sort of uh, mutiny. You don't want any sort of sides being taken. Do you remember back in 2016, 2017, it was literally in the locker room defense versus offense. It got that divisive because the defense was having to win every game because the Broncos weren't trotting out the right quarterback. So it's a rock and a hard place for Vic. I don't envy him, though, because he put himself in this position by extending this, this competition, by calling it even Steven, by not having a decision made after the first game or going into the second game, by being coy with the media when he thinks it's being strategic and it's all it's doing is hurting his own team. Naj, what's good, bro? Another great supporter. Thank you for that generosity. He says, hey, brothers, Brian Baldinger on NFL Network said the Broncos have to consider – the second team O-line let Drew Locke down. I like Teddy a lot, but I feel we would have wasted two years if Locke doesn't start. We need to know if he can be the guy. You're, we're speaking the same language, dude. You know, If we were both reading the Bible right now and we put our finger on where we're at, we'd both be on the same page. So, look, you're preaching to the choir. I mean – how is that disputable? I seriously want someone in the comments. If you think the second string offensive line did not let Drew lock down, please make your case in the comments. I would be glad to read it. How could you say that, though? How could you think that? You can have the worst case of LDS, but when the quarterback comes in the game and the first snap of the offensive line is letting pressure on the backfield in two seconds when he sacked twice in, what, four snaps, that is the offensive line letting Drew lock down. Period. Travis Weber, appreciate all the stars, bro. You're you're a great supporter. Much love to you, man. 
He said, good evening, Chad and Zach and Broncos country. Here's my take. Yes, Teddy did play well, and that's good. But of course, when you're out with the first string playing against second and third string, you should look great, just like Drew did against Minnesota. Give credit where credit is due. Locke still looks like he is showing progression despite the play of the second string O-line. I do totally agree we need a starter named sooner than later, whoever it is. So, Zach, what takes precedent in your mind? Making the right decision or just making a decision for whatever benefits that does to, all right, we got our guy, let's go. It's like the old, you know, when you watch one of those old cop movies, it's like, do you want this done right or do you want it done fast? I want it done both. There's a way to do both, but this is the the corner that Fangio painted himself in with an even Steven 50-50 split. But obviously, Chad, I don't care if it takes up until literally an hour before week one against the Giants. I want the right quarterback to be playing you know, under center for Denver this year, no matter who it is. But the, the only issue I have, again, is the man in charge of picking that quarterback, Vic Fangio. That's God right. help us it's- all. If you're going to err on the side of anything in that particular equation, you got to err on the side of making the right decision. And guys, the thing here is it can't just be a a decision that is factored by what's uh, best in the moment. That has to be a big priority. That's got to be a big factor, but it also has to, you got to think about the long term. And I don't just mean, you know, I'm not talking just five. 10 years down the road and what this team's potential and ultimate destiny could be. But even this season, you know, thinking about, Hey, you know, what, how are things going to look in November? How are things going to look in December? Uh, Real quick here. Let's uh, grab Anthony Bomer. What's good, buddy. Appreciate you rocking his let him hate t-shirt like a true B O S S. He says, I'd love to hear you guys talk about how this team has dominated their opponents two weeks in a row preseason or not. It's impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. But here's my one and only takeaway from that distinction, Anthony. Depth. This is this preseason and the way the Broncos have handled the Vikings and the Seahawks shows me that the lack of depth this team has suffered from over the last, I'll say, three of these five seasons prior. Uh, it seems to no longer be an issue. This team is stacked to the gills beyond, you know, first team. There's the twos and even the threes, man, are legit. Uh, wait, though, I was told that they were facing backups and future UPS drivers when Drew Locke had a good game against the Vikings. So now it's impressive because they've blown out. I mean, this is the narratives that form in Broncos country, why it's so divisive and so toxic right now. Ultimately, though, you know, a win is a win, but it is preseason. They weren't playing the top of the line of you know, opponents and their players. Conversely, though, the Broncos weren't at 100% in both games either. It's impressive how they're performing, and I agree with Chad. The depth is good. But still, offensive line, if something happens to, let's say, Bobby Massey or anyone on the offensive line, after seeing the second string last night, it gives you a little bit of pause. Andrew Baker, appreciate the stars, buddy. He says, Zach's pissed, and I am too. Well, keep in mind, too, Zach was having some technical issues with his mic, uh, and that, that never puts you in <laughs> trust. Trust. Hey, well, Chad, it's also, I mean, I've been kind of defending my own viewpoints on Twitter since last night about the game, and earlier I was actually called a racist because of my viewpoints, and be, I, I was told I'm racist against Teddy Bridgewater. So it's becoming personal ad hominem attacks against me now, and I am pissed, and I'm going to, you know, respond how I see fit. He's going to punch back. All right, Always. That's the takeaway. Zach, real quick, shout out to the 
most up to the moment current updated uh, where things stand for stars, the rankings tonight. Randy's still in the lead. Travis, what up? Howie, Andrew, Andrew, the Andes in the house representing Brian Bowman, who is definitely in the running here. Ed Keating, uh, Garrett, Jared, I'm going to say Jared. Jared and has Dave to be Glassman. Jared. What's that? It has to be Jared. It has to be Jared. But also Dave Glassman, you know, I know uh, there's a message for Dave. Dave's an OG. Uh, we've just kind of had some bad luck relative to the time we have picked for Broncos book club because 2 p.m. has been – maybe I just need to reschedule it Saturdays because when my uh, AC unit went out and the contractor showed up, trust, you didn't. You guys didn't want me uh, trying to go through Broncos book club with dudes working in the background, you know, so we had to push it back an hour. But I know you kept your reading on point just like I did. Everyone got their reading done so we could be there to talk about Elway, A Relentless Life by Jason Cole. So just roll with me. I think we're through the woods on all that. I think 2 p.m. should work henceforth. Howie freaking day says, I hope Pat – didn't just have one flash in the pan type game talking about the Minnesota game using modern offensive play calling like motion bootlegs play actions that I feel so stupid now for giving him so much credit and I knew when I did I'm gonna regret this because I'm not sure it's the new Pat Shermer and sure enough yesterday it reared its ugly head once again you can say what you want about Locke you can say what you want about the quarterbacks the play calling especially for the second and third string was dreadful dreadful Eli, shout out to you. He says, shout out to the biggest fan. There's your shout out, Eli. Eli, Eli, appreciate you, buddy. Such a great fan. We had to say it twice. That's right. Kind of like couscous. The food's so nice. They named it twice. Albert, he goes, unfortunately, I'm not able to send stars at this moment when I can't. I will again. I appreciate all the members who do send stars, though. Thank you for keeping this show going. Most definitely. And Albert, you're a supporter as well, so you're already, you know, uh, pulling out your wallet to support what we're doing and keep the content flowing. So don't even, don't even sweat it, my friend. We're looking forward to seeing you again in September, by the way. Um, okay. Let me catch up a little bit here to Seth Harmon. Who's been waiting a patient boy. He says that wasn't a great game for drew, but I think he'll bounce back and Teddy looked good leading two touchdown drives. I'm rooting for both. And I think both are capable to lead this stacked roster. I do too. That's why at the end of the day, you know, I've got my opinions. I'm not going to lie and pretend to you that I don't have my own biases, even if they are a little bit, even if they are subconscious. But when it's all said and done and the dust settles and we know who the cue is, either guy I feel like is in a really good position and that this team will be in a really good position. Yeah, but then, you know, you wonder how well are they going to be coached? And that goes beyond, you know, Pat Shermer. It goes to Vic Fangio. It goes to Tom McMahon. And what happened yesterday? What did Fangio do? He called out Tom McMahon because the special team's performance was awful. So the players, they're going to be good on their own. But their how many games they win, their potential, their ceiling will be fully in control of the coaching staff. And that's kind of a scary proposition to me. Australia, down under, I think, is what that A means, pretty sure. Uh, Dr. Stephen Brule, MD, another doctor in the house. Hey, thank you for that Wasn't... support, my friend. We hope things are uh, calming down with the pandemic in your neck of the woods, and I hope you're safe and everyone that you know. So thank you for the support. Connect on Twitter. Am I going crazy? Wasn't Steve Brule like a show on Car- Adult Swim or Cartoon Network? No idea. I thought it, maybe I'm going crazy. I thought it was. A... My... Let me know in the comments. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, super chat stars. Hey, it all adds up. It literally does help keep the lights on here. Uh, 
Ed Keating says, I agree with Zach. Fangio just needs to name a starter so they can get the reps with the ones. Uh, more proof Fangio shouldn't be a head coach and is very likely not going to be here next year. Could be, man. But here's the deal. If Fangio can't win with this roster, I know it's not Aaron Rodgers out there uh, under center, regardless of which guy wins. But if Fangio can't cut the mustard with this roster, sorry, dude, hit the bricks. Not meant to be. Go back to being a defensive coordinator. Right. Couldn't cut it. Exactly. Some coaches are just cut out to be better assistants. And Fangio, this is the make or break year where he falls, as you like to say, Chad, in one of two buckets. He's either head coaching material or he's a career assistant. And by the way, it was an adult show character. Uh, John C. Riley played Dr. Steve Brule. I'll always know, always know him for Step Brothers, though. His best performance to me. Oh man, I don't, I don't. I guess I need to catch up on my uh, cable adult cartoon stuff. Uh, Steve says the lock equals a franchise quarterback or great draft pick. Teddy equals dr- uh, average draft pick and a rookie quarterback, meaning for next year. I hope Peyton steps in and does what's best for the team rather than letting Vic do what's best for him. Interesting. That's interesting. Now that's only something that that's only going to be a point of contention, Zach, if they're not on the same page. But honestly, I do think they're talking about this. Even last night, Vic said, you know, Hey, we've been talking about it. We're going to continue to talk about it. And when he says we're going to talk about it, he's not just talking about Pat Shermer and Mike Shula. He's talking about his freaking boss, George Payton. And I'm sure Elway too, you know, gets roped into some of those conversations in all honesty. So, uh, but I feel you, you know, it's not what's best for Vic in the moment. It's what's best for the Broncos now and long-term. Just my opinion, but I think George Payton is good either way because he kept Locke, the incumbent. He wants to see his upside. He also brought in a former, uh, you know, uh, I would say pupil, in other words, and Teddy Bridgewater that previously he has familiarity with. And and honestly, for George Payton, he's in a good situation. It's his honeymoon year. He's fine regardless. If it doesn't work out and they have a, another down season, he'll fire Fangio and hire his own head coach and bring in his own quarterback that he wants with a high-round draft pick more than likely. And if it does work out, he brought the Broncos back to the playoffs and got them back into relevancy. So I think George Payton is leaving this in Fangio's hands because either way for him – George Payton alone, it's a win-win. Zach, we have had the ladies of MHH show out with authority, and it is my regret that the band, the, the chat has jumped their actual supers, and I even looked on the stream itself to see if I could climb up to the to the chat and do like a share screen, but it's not letting me do that. But nevertheless, we've got to give these great ladies their due, and we got to start with the – Duchess of MHH, who we can't wait to meet in the flesh. We've had her on the show. We've had multiple conversations with her in person in that sense, but we're looking forward to meeting Michaela here in a little over a month. Appreciate you, my friend. She says, I think I'm done with the Broncos until the coaching staff is gone. They're terrible. This too shall pass. This too shall pass, Michaela. Trust me on that. This too shall pass. This is preseason. Right. And it feels like everything's riding and dying on every moment. But wait till we get to the regular season, yeah. regardless of who that decision is. Like then things are going to actually it doesn't matter. It's going to all be under the bridge, water under the bridge, even if it's not Drew that starts. Like if you're pulling for Drew, like, right. hey, this too shall pass. 
Yeah, Michaela, we all want the same thing. Whether you want Teddy or whether you want Drew, we all want the Broncos to win and, and be good this year. And I think they will be. Chad thinks they will be. Most of us think they will be. And they're still 2-0. I mean, they, and not just that. They've won convincingly. They're not winning these preseason games by a field goal or by the skin of their teeth. They're winning going away. So, Michaela, I a billion percent understand your angst. I understand your frustration. Let it play out a little longer and check back with us by midseason to see if you still feel the same way. Yep, and just remember, we're here to help you exercise those demons, right, as your football priest. So, hey, reach out anytime. We'll, we'll help you get, uh, get your mind right on these issues. But yeah. life, is it better with or without the Broncos, regardless of what drama is going on? Every time I got to answer that question with, all right, even in the midst of a five-year losing streak, basically, right? Another great MHH wow. lady superstar. The Wow. Thank you, Pobby. The princess. Pobby in the house. Thank, Thank you, Pobby. It's been a minute, Zach, since we've had Pobby in one of our streams, but we relish it every single time. We look yes. forward to it. So hope you're doing well, my friend. Thank you for Thank that you. generosity. She says, hey, guys, so excited for the season. We stand together as Broncos fans. No matter who the QB is, I'm still in the preseason uh, W moments. Go Broncos. I'm not sure what that last win. Still in preseason win moments. Yeah. Hey, and here's the thing, guys. When your team's winning, your team's winning. It's like Zach said last night. All you can do is go to to war with the, the opponent on your schedule today. Right. You got to tackle that obstacle, whatever it is, today. And so far, the two obstacles the Broncos have been faced with, yes, in exhibition games that don't count, but they do matter. Man, they've trucked their opponents. Trucked them. And look at how they're doing that. They're they're scoring points on offense. They're not hoping the special teams bust one or the defense uh, runs a, an interception back as Pastor Tan did in week one. They're actually getting into the end zone. And yesterday, I made this point on last night's pod. I made the point on Twitter. I made the point on KK today. The touchdown that, that um, the KJ Hamler caught from Teddy Bridgewater, when is the last time you guys said that was too easy for the Broncos? I said that last night. I'm sure you said that, Chad. I'm sure a lot of people said that. So that is a positive. They're moving the ball no matter what quarterback it is. They're scoring points, and they're winning going away. Let's hope it translates to week one. Dave Griffin, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Connect on Twitter. He says, I'm a little late, but do the two fumbles worry you? Zach? No. No, I feel like that was, you know, protection breakdowns. It was, uh, it, it's part of the game too. I mean, I don't really think, I don't, I don't regard him as a fumbler. I mean, he's not exactly Melvin Gordon. He doesn't have that type of prestige, but it's obviously never good, but it's a preseason game. This is when those mistakes should happen. And yes, guys, I'd be saying the same exact thing if it was Teddy Bridgewater fumbling. This is when it should happen when the games technically don't count. One of our longtime superstars, DK a.k.a. David Kilgore in the house. Thanks, brother. Good to see you. Still rocking his football preset and his MHH mask. Really appreciate that. He says, if Teddy wins the job, does that put the nail in the coffin for Locke? Proving basically that he can't win the job and will be replaced. In Denver. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't it, pretty much, unless you get some kind of a fairy tale turnaround where Teddy sucks right. and so he gets benched or gets hurt Teddy, and then drew goes in and knocks it out of the park but yeah i mean that's why again the decision here you got to make it with kick gloves and it's got to be the right one and again i don't really care about you know i, I obviously want the decision to be made asap but i want the right guy 
uh, to be under center. So um, that's my take on it. Uh, Lucas, thank you for that. Lucas Estrella, appreciate the super. He says, hey, gang, I'll be in week one. What will be the depth chart per position? I got my PS2 jersey, extremely excited for this year. And then he's got the uh, the lock emoji. That's cool, Lucas. Per position? Uh, uh, per position. I mean, we'd be here for a while, <laughs> dog. But, um, I mean, let's say. Well, some of, them, some of them are obvious, you yeah. know. Let's just take one, for example. What's the corner going to be? What's the corner depth chart going to look like? Well, I want to touch on, you know, I'm glad we brought that up. We got some questions about Michael Ojemudia, Chad. I had a report on MHH.com about his status. Uh, it looked bad last night when he went down. He was limping off. He could, he wasn't putting much weight on his leg. And he actually had a leg injury uh, earlier in training camp. According to Vic Fangio, it's not an ACL injury, so no ACL tear. It doesn't sound like a season-ending injury, but it does sound like a multi-week injury for Michael Ojemudia. So that being the case, you have the big three or four set in stone. You have Darby, Callahan, Fuller, and Pat Sertan. After that, though, it's a crapshoot. I think Parnell Motley right now with Ojemudia out has the upper hand. Asang Bassi still on PUP. Kerry Vincent, according to Vic Fangio, has a ways to go. So a guy like Parnell Motley, Nate Hairston, they're going to be battling for those final two cornerback spots if they do keep five on the roster, or six on the roster. Yes, indeed. And there's also Savion Smith, who I think is a goner. Um, Eric Trickle mentioned both uh, Savion Smith and Nate Hairston as probably the first two or the next two corners to be handed their walking papers when they have to make cuts on Tuesday. So look for that. Uh, here's an update on today's stars rankings. Randy still comfortably in the lead. Shout out, Randy. Travis, Howie Frickin' Day, Andrew Lampy, Andrew Baker, Brian Bowman, James Grossman jumping in. What's good, James? Ed Keating, Jared, Dave Glassman. Much love to you guys. Thank you so much. Keep it going. We're going to get to that goal. Before you know, and guess what? When the time comes for the reveal, uh, just so you guys can see, we'll have the tickets in a hat. It will be filmed. We can either do it live, Zach, or we can upload it. Probably be better to do it live. Live. And uh, have that drum roll ready to go. It'll be really, really, really cool. Um, All right, real quick, Zach, I'm going to go ahead and share screen back over to the chat itself because there's. YouTube is allowing us to go further back up the chat than uh, what we're seeing on StreamYard right now. So let's grab Braden. Thank you, Braden. He says, I'm rooting for both. Don't get me wrong, but I'm a Drew Lock type of guy. And then he has those three unique emojis people like to uh, use to communicate about Drew Lock. Uh, Zach, then Jeff, longtime listener, longtime superstar, always supportive of the show. He says, Teddy is better in the pocket. Drew is better in play action. Can't we mix them in together? Ha ha. Running game looks good. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, Zach, if you could Voltron these two cues together, you'd have, you know, Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, we live in uh, the real world here, not La La Land. Yeah, say La Vie. The thing is, though, Teddy Bridgewater had a pocket. Drew Locke did not have a pocket. And, again, the play calling, where was the play action? Where were the rollouts? Where was the ingenuity? It works on both. Uh, and both sides. And was the running game really that good, though? I feel like Javante wasn't Not getting – It wasn't the same as week one, so I was a little bit uh, on a downturn about that. Hopefully going forward with Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone coming back, it'll be more effective, but I thought they took a step back from the Vikings game. 
that Seattle front was stingy last yeah. night for what it's worth. I mean, even the first team offensive line was getting little push. Javante just couldn't do anything edgewise. I mean, you had Royce Freeman finish the game as the leading rusher with 27 yards on nine totes. I mean, this dude, I think it was nine, you know, basically averaging three yards. per. And it's not so much an indictment on the Broncos in that sense, but again, that Seattle front was stingy. And it always has been, always will be under a Pete Carroll coach defense. Zach, we got Simon, another one of our great superstars up in Canada. He proves Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. He says, hello, all. Loving the QB battle. I can see the benefits of both. Teddy is efficient, reliable. Locke has all that raw, natural talent. If only they could meld into one queue. Enjoy the process, everyone. Most talented team in years. I'll agree with you on that front, my friend. This team is loaded. Wow, Geiger. Look at that, Chad. Another Australian superstar and Geiger. Uh, aka pete what's going on buddy it's good to see you thank you for that support man very generous hope you're doing well hope you're staying safe down there too he says good morning football priest because remember he's communicating to us zach from, from the future in future all right i'll be doc emmett brown <laughs> you can be michael j fox marty mcfly all right he says uh works work's been crazy it's frustrating i believe Locke is still the future and he is playing better if Locke doesn't get the starting job, Teddy is still better than Joe Flacco or Case Keenum. Fingers crossed. I may be naive, but I trust the process. I trust the process. I'm just not sure I trust the motives of the coaching staff. That's my biggest thing here. Yeah, Pete, I think you're better than Joe Flacco. That's not saying much. In terms of Keenum, I think Teddy will be better, but I think that's one rung above a Case Keenum offense, which is not, again, the most sexy offense, not the most explosive offense, but it could be a competent offense. And I think that's what we all should be gearing up for. Andrew Morrow with a super sticker, a very cute little emoji face with the dollar sign. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew, make sure you let us know when you get your T-shirt that we sent out to you uh, and send us that selfie so we can put it up on MHH Instagram. Dennis Woods. Legendary figure in the superstar community, rocking his dad hat with distinguished panache. Thanks, guys. Both have played well with the ones. I'll be okay with either one of them. Our defense is going to be our best weapon. Denver Broncos for life, hashtag state of being. Zach, speaking of the defense, was it just me or did you breathe a, a sigh of relief a little bit when you saw Bradley Chubb get that sack? I breathed a big sigh of relief, but and I think it was more telling also, Chad, what Fangio said is that he Bradley Chubb made progress in the last seven to ten days with his ankle, and now he feels good about week one. So what are you telling me? There was a chance he wasn't going to be ready for week one because the Broncos delayed surgery until, what was it, late May, early June? Um, so I'm feeling better about it, seeing him on the field, but damn sure now after hearing those comments from Fangio, it could have really gone the other way where he had a setback or he was on PUP, but he's going to be A-OK for week one. Vaughn, week one A-OK, it's going to be some tandem. Then you throw in Malik Reed, you throw in Jonathan Cooper, the MVP for my money of yesterday's game. Wow. Uh, I am not the uh, source of the no thing but a chicken wing thing, right? That's That's been uh... – part of the American lexicon for some time, but maybe I am dating myself a little bit from where that comes from, but appreciate you, Nathan. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Hey, if it sticks, we don't decide what goes on the t-shirts guys. I mean, other than our logos and stuff, 
that's decided by you guys. That's decided by, you know, when we say shiz off the top of our head here, talking Broncos football with y'all, you're the ones that let us know if something we've said is going to stick, you know? So we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. Like, let them hate, right? And football priest as well. That's right. State of being. Football priest was something stupid that I said one day reading, (laughs) uh, not reading, but it was a mailbag day. And it just struck me, hey, we are your football priest thing, right? And then people started calling us that. So then I kept saying it. And then it's a thing now, right? So that's that's how we dictate that stuff. We live very serendipitously, gang. It's a thing it's all, like a chicken wing. It's all organic. Uh, Corey H., another longtime superstar. What's good, buddy? He says, barring injury, there is a good chance that was the end of the Drew era. Wouldn't be shocking. Wouldn't be shocking. And if it was, it would be a waste. Sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. And it, it's true, though, Corey. If they go with Teddy and they signal to Locke that you're not the starter this year, we don't believe you can be the starter this year or even going forward, I think that is the nail in his coffin. Change of scenery, just like Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Sometimes it's needed, and I think that would be the route the Broncos go with Locke if they make Teddy the week one starter. R Severo 11. What's going on? Thank you for that very generous super chat. Connect on Twitter. We like to stay Thank in you. touch with our super chat superstars. Thank you. And our supporters uh, by tagging you after each and every podcast on Twitter. So he says, Teddy will never be elite. He is at best a safekeeping in case your starter gets hurt. Locke, however, is young, can improve, although I question his maturity under pressure. Locke will start this season. And then Rodgers in 2022. We'll see, buddy. Um, we'll see on that Rodgers thing. I mean, that's like uh, candy and nuts, right? That whole thing. It ain't even Christmas. So why worry about it with Aaron Rodgers? But your points about Drew, I'm there with you, my friend. I'm there with you. And uh, that's why I'm saying you can always go to Teddy. And you're not upsetting any apple cart. And you're not honestly taking a risk. But if you do it the other way around, you are – are risking quite a lot, including Zach, the mountain of investment you have in Drew. And I'm not just talking the draft pick. I say it all the time. I'm talking about the blood, sweat, tears, the sacrifices you've gone through so that he can learn on the job, all the coaching, all that. You you risk that having been for N A U G H T. That's right. And the thing about Rodgers, yeah, he'll be an option. I think he's going to have a last dance with Green Bay and look for a new team next year. But I think George Payton would be more inclined to find his next franchise quarterback through the draft. It seems like once every, you know, now and then he'll take a first-round quarterback in Minnesota. He was there for Christian Ponder and Teddy Bridgewater. They were spaced apart a little bit. I think it's come time now in George Payton's um, his M.O., modus operandi, Chad, to finally get a first-round quarterback. So I wouldn't hang your hopes on AR-12 coming here next offseason. If it doesn't work out with the quarterbacks they have now, I would look for a first-round rookie to be in the fold. Jared, I think it's Jared, bro. Fangio, in my opinion, isn't a great head coach. His game management and his one-side-of-the-ball uh, mentality, if you're the head coach, you need to be involved in everything, especially if you have a QB competition. I think more than anything, guys, there's truth to that. Yes, we've criticized Vic for feeling like, I mean, do we really have to wait till you've checked the film for you to offer up any kind of wisdom, analysis, opinion on what the offense did, whether it's practice today or a game? Because he didn't watch him. But at the same time, he's a thorough cat. That's true about Vic Fangio. And so, he, and he's not 
prone to hype. He's he's very careful about what he says. So I think that's just the, who he is, you know. Uh, take it or leave it, for better or for worse. So far, it's been for worse. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that thorough that we should be praising him. He's an NFL head coach, Chad. There's 32 of these jobs on planet Earth out of billions of people. I think thorough should be just a, a prerequisite to having that job. I, I'm in more so agreement. I'm still willing to give him, obviously, 2021, but he has to show me that he can manage the entire team, not just defense. And even to that extent, how many times did the defense let Vic Fangio down, blow it in crunch time? So he has as much to prove as any quarterback taking the field this year or any player. He is under the the gun for sure. All right. We are running out of time. We got about five, 10 minutes top. So we got to get to everyone. Make sure we do tonight. Jonathan with another super chat. Appreciate you. you. JF. He says, you give Locke the starters last night. And I honestly believe he would have given us a showing just like the Vikings game. Second team O-line didn't kill Teddy last week. And that's why he looked good with him. That's something I pointed out on the show last night, Zach, in the gut reaction. And today as I uh, made a video to kind of go cover what uh, happened amongst the cues last night. I mentioned that, you know, it's like, Hey, uh, on one hand you go, look, both drew and Teddy look good with the ones. Cool. Check that box. But Teddy looked better against the twos than drew. So now all of a sudden it looks like there's a separation, but wait a minute now, stop the presses halt. The O line did not completely crumble when Teddy was under center. Right. And so again, you, the, the, I think Carl said it best. Uh, in his five takeaways article on milehighhuddle.com last night, guys, go give that a read. Carl Dumbler of, of building the Broncos that coming out of game two, the quarterback situation, Zach clear as mud. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, Jonathan, I understand what you're trying to say, but to me, this is how my view, Chad, tell me if you disagree. I don't think they were playing up to the same level as they did against Minnesota all the way around. I just, I didn't see it yesterday. It was a lot more like the 2020 Broncos from the coaching, the play calling, the offensive line, the quarterbacking at some moments. So I don't really know um, whether you you can flip it and still have the same success. It seemed like the team was just uh, a couple notches down from what we saw in week one. Andrew Lampy says, didn't get a chance to watch the game yet. What's going on with that, my dog? Just kidding. I'm sure you had things cooking and probably had a limited access would be my guess. Did we stay healthy? Yes, with the exception of Michael O.J. Moody injuring his knee. Doesn't appear to be too serious, but he's going to miss some time. Fangio said too, too serious. So it sounds like a multi-week injury for Michael Ojemudia. And Andrew, consider yourself blessed if you're an out-of-town viewer that you didn't have to suffer through that Seahawks broadcast. I'm going to say it again. Wow, my ears are still bleeding from that mess. James Grossman says, go Broncos. Can't go wrong with a win, even if it is preseason. I feel you on that. But like Zach said, there's just there was just something – unsatisfying about last night's game i mean a dominant win in the preseason normally you're you know you got a little pep to your step the next day but it just didn't feel that way i think because there were no 80 yard touchdown passes there were no pick sixes again that's the new what we thought was the new broncos versus the old broncos who weren't making those plays so yeah it seemed like it's there's a big wet blanket hanging over this victory I maintain, though, guys, just like I said last night, this was not a bad game for Drew Locke. Drew Locke did not perform poorly, and yet that's kind of how he's being portrayed by some of our colleagues and competitors in the press and a lot of fans. You know, It's like, no, 
Drew did not suck it up. Was he as sharp and as good as he was the last week? No. Was he as sharp and as good as Teddy was with the twos last week? No. But there were mitigating circumstances. And I look, maybe I'm just up in the night and here I'm just making excuses for a guy that I have had, you know, optimism for all year long. Maybe, you know, but I don't think so. I think you can. And I've read, I've looked at a few things, and it, even the national people who have no skin in this this game whatsoever, as far as the quarterback thing, it's like Baldinger said about Drew. His own line did him dirty, obviously unintentionally. It's not like they tried to get him sacked three times, but still, um, trying to be unbiased, but that's just how I see it. Tom, do you guys think Drew would have balled out if he was a starter last night? Thanks, guys. Zach? Again, I don't think so. I didn't see it all the way around, not just from Locke, but from Teddy, from Shermer, from Fangio. I, the intensity wasn't the same to me. I don't know. I'm not saying this because Locke didn't have as good of a game. I just feel like if you flip it and you put Locke with the first stringers, we wouldn't have seen that 80-yard touchdown. I don't know the reason for it. I know a win is a win, but I don't think balled out would be the right um, outcome in that situation. Travis? With the roster needing to be trimmed down, who do you think is getting cut? Uh, what are they doing here, Zach? They're going from 85 to 80 and then from 80 to 53. Yeah. So I believe. I think um, as Eric Trickle has an article on this, Travis on the website, go check it out, milehighheddle.com. But I think Savion Smith's probably a goner. I think Harrison sticks around, though, because of OJ Moody's injury. Yeah. Um, Mac McCain, another guy that's on the chopping block. Definitely, but he had a little juice before he got hurt early in camp, so I'll be curious to see if he's a guy they envision as a practice squad guy they want more time with, developing him maybe a little bit. Um, Derek Tuska, sorry, man, Ooh. like seventh-round pick from last year, but you know you always hate moving on from a draft pick, whether it's a seventh-round or not, but I have not seen one thing from that guy now yeah. in his – two summers as a Bronco to make me go, yeah, he belongs in Denver, let alone in the NFL, let alone in Denver. Yeah, they're going to probably cut like uh, the, the positions where they have the most tra fat to trim. That's like inside linebacker, uh, a deep – Robinson, isn't that one of the linebackers? They have a very um, – yeah. Curtis Robinson, isn't that, isn't that the linebacker? I believe someone like that or maybe um, a receiver, maybe an offensive lineman, someone like Quinn Bailey perhaps, or um, who I was thinking of. I had a name in my mind that I can't remember now, but I feel like the, the players that you named, Chad. Oh, Tyree Cleveland. That, that's my Tusca for you. I feel like even now Deontay Spencer is getting involved in offense. Obviously, Trinity Benson, to me, is a lock to make it. I'm moving on from Tyree Cleveland. He offers nothing, in my opinion. Uh, could it be? Teddy two gloves himself in the chat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Teddy, whoever you are, says should have drafted Mac 10. Yo, would he would have would he have come with Ice Cube as well? Just curious. Locke still isn't that guy, and Bridgewater only gets you so far. For what it's worth, I was never stoked on Mac Jones. I think you know what he. Who knows? Maybe he's a guy like Tom Brady who no one saw coming and goes on to be a superstar. But I see him following more of an A.J. McCarron path in the league than I do um, Brady. I see Andy Dalton, you know, a good but never really great starter. And, and he only looks good because he's competing against Cam Newton. 
a lot of quarterbacks would look good against 2021 Cam Newton, who has nothing left. He is shot as a passer. The only upside he offers is as a runner. And I think the Patriots, after using a first on Mac Jones, they feel a little compelled to build him up and make him look better than he really is. Mike Postle says, LOL. Yeah, a few series with no first teamers, and now it's the end of Drew. I feel you. Uh, Trevor, don't know if you guys address this, but Chad, if they go with Teddy, is Drew done in Denver? We did address that uh, in many ways, probably yes. Um, but you never know. He could get a fairy tale uh, ending. Doubtful, though. Uh, gears, gains, and games again. Michael O had dropped a pick six, too. True. Defense is, is locked down. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I think it was Brian Greasy, or pardon me, uh, Chad Brown, that said, hey, there's a reason why corners play corner instead of wide out because they can't catch and that was a problem last year remember the pittsburgh game he kept dropping interceptions but he still he had two solo tackles he had two pass uh breakups before he got hurt it wasn't the worst game for michael admittedly all right zach i'm just checking to see here um oh naj in the house we cannot miss out on naj thank you buddy thank you Naj. the broncos brass got what they wanted they brought in competition and it worked i agree if nothing else, the competition elevated Drew's game. This is the best Locke has looked. Fangio has always been so disconnected from the offense. It's frustrating. Exactly. He'll botch this. I say this, you know, pl- playfully, but bite your tongue. Let's hope he doesn't. Let's hope he doesn't botch it. But it's hard to have a lot of faith in Fangio other than calling a defense on Sundays. I mean, honestly, we're just going off the resume now, not anything else. Two losing seasons, um, slap dashery at multiple levels of analysis. Hopefully this is one thing he gets right. And even calling plays on defense. Let's check into the season finale last year. Who lost that game for the Broncos? It wasn't Locke. It wasn't the offense. That was the defense and Fangio's time mismanagement. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not quite there yet that I will predict he'll botch it, but I am certainly worried that he could botch it. Andrew Baker uh, says, calling for an acid hippo on the YouTube gang. We all need a relaxing trip. Our Broncos will do good this year. Hashtag don't worry. Be happy. Um, Yeah, thanks for that, bro. All right, real quick here. If you would grab this, Zach, and then I'm going to do the update for the Facebook tonight on stars, and then we'll bounce. I think we missed a super from Dennis. Um, We did? I think I don't know. I think he sent two, so I want to be okay, fair. I'll, I'll circle back on that. I'll, I'll grab. I'll grab Mike right now. Mike Postle jumping in. We appreciate you, Mike. Mike says the cult of Drew Lock hatred crew went from silent for a week to magically all coming out of the woodwork last night and today. You know, it's so funny, Mike, that you said that. Uh, last, I believe it was last Sunday, so a day after the Vikings game, I tweeted, "Quote: The sound of silence is deafening." Because that's exactly what happened. You weren't hearing a chirp about Drew Locke. And now, once they get the ammo, the anti-Locke crowd, the LDS-afflicted crowd, once they have something they can use to further their narrative or weaponize their argument against yours, they will do that. Even though 
the numbers and the stats indicate that Locke and Bridgewater completed, as you pointed out, Chad, the same number of passes. But you would never know that, Mike, by listening to that sect of the fan base. They would make it seem like Teddy Bridgewater threw for 500 yards and six touchdowns and Locke threw Nathan Peterman level five pick sixes. That's just the way it works. And that's why social media, Mike, if you've seen uh, those things happen there, that is why it is so toxic well said well said and also guys thank you dennis for the reminder if we miss you we want to try and be notified of that uh before the stream ends and so let's grab dennis and then going back like that i realized we missed one from chris p and then it also reminded me we missed one from dale rudd last night so i'm gonna grab that one at the end here but dennis i've been watching this pod for over a year there's no way i could imagine zach being racist that's just insane hang in there friend Dude, don't trip. It's just ad hominem happens when you are a public figure of any sort. I think everyone knows that there's nothing to that. I mean, God, I, I can get don't so defeated, dude. No, 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 no. I'm just saying I can get so political right now because everything is made about race. But I appreciate your your uh, your sentiment there, Dennis. I really do. And let me just say the same thing I said on the tweet in response to that troll. I guess using that logic, that's why I hated Case Keenum. That's why I hated Joe Flacco. That's why I hated Paxton Lynch, because I'm racist against them. Makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. All right. Here is Chris P. Thank you for your patience, Chris. He says, this process has been despicable. Makes it hard to be positive about these coaches and some of these, in, in quotes, you know, fans. Still positive on you guys, though. Well, hey, thank you, Chris. Appreciate that, bro. Keep your chin up. This too shall pass. And guys, you know, if you're if you're pining for Drew and it doesn't end up being Drew, hey, it's Broncos football. You root for what's on the front, not the back, right? The name on the front, not the back. So this too shall pass. And then Zach, last one here. And this was from Dale last night. And I told him when he DM'd me, hey, you missed a super. I said, Dak Gummit, we'll make it up to you. So Dale. You know you're a stud. You know you are a superstar and single-handedly responsible for my teenage son's entire summer entertainment. So much love. He goes, people fail to see the entire field. Last week was not the same for both QBs. But how about the defense getting turnovers? Hashtag 30-plus points. Hashtag excited. Yeah, dude. um, That's one of the things that – of everything, I know you're not going against – you haven't played a first-string queue yet, right, in the preseason. You probably will next week. You'll probably get to to, to get tested against Stafford next week. Um, in Denver, by the way, finally you get one at home. He's not playing. Even McVay said – That's already been announced? He said that, yeah, a few weeks ago. Either way, you got to love the opportunistic, predatory nature of what we've seen so far with these takeaways. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Broncos are winning these games. They're getting turnovers. They're scoring on offense. They're coming up with takeaways. They're putting the offense in good positions. I mean, this is, in a lot of ways, uh, night and day from what we saw in 2020 and 2019. So that's why no matter who starts, Bridgewater or Locke, they can win 9-10 games fairly easy. All right, guys, here's our last roundup of the leaderboard stars on Facebook today. Randy Jones moves up a few notches, no doubt, in the overall rankings by finishing tonight number one. Travis right behind him, followed by Howie, Andrew Lampy, Andrew Baker, uh, Brian Bowman, John Martinez. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate that. James Grossman, Brad Murdoch, Eddie Keating. Oh, and I have to go off screen real quick to, to turn this on. Hold on one second. I got to 
I got to make sure we don't miss anybody. Uh, oh, yep, I did. Hold on. Let me go back real quick. Also, we got to thank Ed Keating here, Jared Fannin, David Wilder. Appreciate you, bro. And Dave Glassman, all of you, much love. But, Zach, that's got to do it for tonight, unless we have any other Supers that have gone. Not that I see. On, oh, Let us know. Oh, we got a Super sticker from Mo, legendary uh, MHH resident male model. Love you, bro. Thank you. And, Zach, from Sam Bam as well, another Super sticker. So, appreciate those Super stickers, gang. It all adds up, helps keep the lights on. So, uh, we'll, we'll be back. This is weird because we're going to end up podcasting, Zach, three nights in a row. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Monday night. We'll yep. be back. We'll look forward to seeing you guys then. So sign us off, bro. Yes, sir. Thank oh, you wait, all. Wait, 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 wait. We have the Holy Trinity of the the Queen ladies of MHH here flexing out. Christy, I'll grab this real quick, Chad. Christy, thank you so, so much. We love you so dearly. $20 super. Thank you, Christy. She goes, let's just hope for the best, whoever the best is. I'm rooting for the Broncos. That's all I know. Thanks, my guys. Great show. Thank you, Christy. It's always a treat, and we're always blessed when you hop in the chat with us. And, yeah, we're, we shouldn't be Team Teddy, Team Drew. We should all be Team Broncos. Yes, indeed. Christy, can't wait to – me in person. I'm still hoping it's going to be September 26th. So um, we'll see you then. And also real quick, Sam Bam with trying to come through for everyone with the acid hippo on his what? super sticker. That doesn't look right. What he's doing in that animation. I'm just yeah, saying. What is happening there? <laughs> Golly. Uh, acid hippo is going uh, X-rated. <laughs> Hold on now. Here's Moe's too with the big thumbs up. So that, that covers it all. But uh, yeah, yeah, much better. <laughs> Love you. Thank you, Christy. This was the Huddle Up Podcast with little Acid Hippo Treat at the end. Guys, if you haven't already, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile I Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, film breakdowns, and so much more. It's all right there, your one-stop shop for the Denver Broncos. If you haven't already, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself a Let Him Hate shirt, dad hat, a hat that Chad's rocking, a mug, gator, everything and anything you can imagine is in that store. We appreciate you guys checking it out. And also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle. Guys, hit the big blue button. Become a supporter today. I got some questions on Twitter today about the show. We recorded KK. We have Broncos Book Club. We have Trickle Zone every weekend, guys. More on the way. We appreciate your patronage. Five bucks a month. I promise you, you have my personal guarantee that it's worth it. Also, Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like the page and follow that page. But if you can't do any of those things... We still love you. Whether you support Drew, whether you support Teddy, please just do these three things for us. It helps us grow more than anything. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every single upload you see on the MHH channel. It helps us reach more Broncos fans and bring them into the huddle. But we are off until tomorrow night. We'll be back 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.